I was practicing the Wim Hof method, uh, ended up having a hypoxic blackout underwater, no life support for four weeks. When he did pass out under the water, no one noticed about approximately 30 minutes later that he was found. And he was in like a, um, a meditative position underwater, heart's beating, but you know, there's just no brain activities. He was sure enough a goner. Anybody taking Wim's work and going into a pool and hyperventilating, you're just playing roulette. There is no amount of money that can truly compensate for the death of a child, but this is a $67 million case. There's nobody in that organization currently that understands the physiology. I don't think they have a grasp on it. From Anum, orders do not talk to the press. People could have died. People have died. I never wanted to tell this story about Wim Hof. Instead, for years, I've told you about how his breathwork and cold exposure techniques helped hundreds of thousands of people develop resilience and control their anxiety, depression, and autoimmune illnesses. This indomitable Iceman has amassed millions of devotees to his practices, myself included. In 2016, we climbed shirtless up Mount Kilimanjaro together while the temperature dipped to minus 30 degrees. I can honestly say that I love his method and think that Wim is one of the most inspiring people I've ever met. We've been good friends for a decade, primarily because he understood that I would always tell the truth no matter what. And that is why I feel so conflicted about what I'm about to tell you. What you probably know about Wim Hof is a comfortable myth. It is a story that recounts all of the most amazing things about the Iceman and his methods at the same time that it masks underlying problems within his organization and Wim's own meteoric rise into the limelight. After 10 years practicing his method and writing numerous articles and books that contributed to that myth, I've come to the inescapable conclusion that it's time for me to report the full truth about how neglectful and deceptive activities at Wim Hof's organization Inner Fire, as well as what I believe is Wim's own culpability, repeatedly teaching a dangerous breathwork technique that has now led to the suspected deaths of at least 12 people. This story is complicated, but the most important thing to remember is that Wim Hof is best known for two techniques. Hyperventilation breathwork that allows a person to hold their breath for seemingly superhuman amounts of time, and ice immersion. When practiced separately, these components add up to the remarkable benefits that have changed our scientific understanding of human biology. When they're practiced together, they can turn into a toxic brew that can make a person pass out in the water and drown. It doesn't help that Wim Hof used this hyperventilation technique to set a Guinness world record for swimming under sea ice, even though he almost died the first time that he tried to do it. Don't just take it from me that this is dangerous. I showed a video of Wim teaching this techniques to cardiologist Rohan Francis, who immediately recognized the danger. There is a well-recognized physiological response that uh, hyperventilation followed by breath holding can trigger a uh, loss of consciousness and coupling that with immersing yourself in water, then there is a risk of blacking out and, uh, and potentially drowning even in a small volume of water. 
The phenomenon is called shallow water blackout, and we'll get into the physiology later, but know for now that it's intensely dangerous. Not only that, but the phenomenon is made all the more dangerous when followed by a full lung inhale, something that looks like this. Which is what Wim is teaching far too often. While official Wim Hof channels include a few warnings against hyperventilating in water, Wim has never stopped teaching the practices, despite knowing that people were dying while practicing his method as far back as 2014. Since then, I've done a deep dive into the available news reports and discovered at least 11 cases where Wim Hof method practitioners have drowned most likely because they were following Wim's example. Lest it go without saying, do not try this at home. Here he is teaching the exact method in an online course available on his website. Do the breathing. Go into the water. Keep on with the breathing. Keep on being focused. Then you sit. You immerse. You focus. And just stay in the water. The Wim Hof community has not been open to talking with us about this. Um, they refer us to their website where they encourage people not to do it in water, but we still see people doing it in, in the water. So how come... On one end, they're saying we don't encourage this, but on another end, we're seeing fatalities due to what they say they're not encouraging. A disclaimer mentioned on the website is not enough when the leader of an organization presses a different message in person. When I've asked Wim about why he continues to teach these practices, he's responded with, well, I think we need to get into that a little bit later because his response touches on deep problems where this entire organization is really going and it's just as concerning as the deaths themselves. In order to understand what is happening right now, we need to go back in time to how this all started. In 2013, I traveled to Poland on a mission from Playboy magazine to debunk Wim Hof as a charlatan guru selling snake oil meditation practices that promised people false superpowers. At the time, I was making a career out of these sorts of stories and even ended up writing a book called The Enlightenment Trap about the danger of intense spiritual seeking. I thought Wim's mix of inspiration and limit pushing was the perfect recipe for a cult leader. But after a week with the inveterate Iceman, I came away with an entirely unexpected opinion. Much to my surprise, his method worked. I learned to hold my breath for three minutes at a stretch. I meditated in the snow as steam wafted up off of my body, and I climbed an icy mountain without a shirt. I wrote an article that ultimately helped launch his career. And soon after my article came out, Vice followed up with a documentary where they talked about how my change of heart provided the foundation for Hoff's credibility. Scott Carney is an investigative journalist. He came from America to this place to cut through the crap and the charlatan business and all that. And that was me. And now he's, uh, you know, he wants to write a book and bring it to America and everything. 
It's hard for me to express how much meeting Wim changed my life. As far as I was concerned, the method was nothing short of miraculous, and Wim deserved the accolades. A few months after the episode on Vice, Joe Rogan brought Wim Hof on, and soon it seemed like the whole world was singing the same song of breathwork and inner fire. You have the longest time of holding your breath and swimming under ice. ocean ice. Ocean ice, too, right? Yes, ocean ice have so been this swimming, is too. In yes. fucking incredibly cold water where salt water freezes over, right? I continued my journey with Hoff and wrote a book called What Doesn't Kill Us that ended up on the New York Times bestseller list. I became one of Hoff's chief evangelists, going on almost 300 TV shows, podcasts, news articles, spreading Hoff's message the entire and time. One day, and I practiced the ice bathing and his hyperventilation techniques almost every day. As a result, an autoimmune illness that had plagued me since childhood cleared up, and I was taking control over my life in a way that I never had before. I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that his method worked for me and hundreds of other people that I met who had similar experiences. Honestly, there are hundreds of thousands of people who have directly benefited from this method, and we can't discount that. But there was something that needled me that whole time. Yes, Wim Hof might have been an icy prophet who opened the door to these practices for millions of people, but he was also a madman. I like to think of him as crazy in a good way. It takes someone a little crazy to actually want to make ice water a lifestyle. The flip side of that equation, though, is knowing that when the tendency towards crazy crosses a line, when you're supposed to back off. And I was seeing more and more of his crazy every single month. He peppered interviews with things that science just couldn't back up. His stunts had almost killed him on several occasions and even left him permanently scarred, maybe even disabled. When I followed Wim up Mount Kilimanjaro without a shirt at the conclusion of What Doesn't Kill Us, his focus on achieving some ill-defined record led the group to mutiny against him when he said that we should push on to the final ascent without food. We had a little uh, a disagreement uh, about an hour ago, and most of the group stayed behind. They wanted lunch, which you can't really blame them. His poor judgment and a focus on, quote, pushing past perceived limits, which is the subtitle of a book that he put out in 2011, had time and again turned a wonderful practice dangerous. I constantly worried it would lead to either whim or his followers getting injured or even dying. After all, there are certain limits that you won't push past and live to tell about. Wim appeared on hundreds of celebratory news programs, podcasts, and TV shows. And somewhere along the way, the public perception began to be that Wim had invented the method out of thin air. This was fueled not only by the media's glorification of him, but also by the fact that Wim stopped talking about his trips to India in the 1980s, where he learned impressively long Sanskrit mantras and even wrote a book on yogic techniques. 
Very few people have mentioned that Wim's signature breathwork almost exactly resembles yogic breathing patterns called Neshasheka Rishaka Pranayama and Bhastrika Kumbhaka Pranayama. Also absent from the conversation was the use of hydrotherapy in the late 1800s and Prafri Ivanov's whose icy religious movement was wildly popular in Russia and Europe until his death in 1983. We ignored the teachings of the Stoics in ancient Greece, who philosophized that man could only get stronger by pitting themselves against the harshness of nature. And we seemingly forgot how Friedrich Nietzsche reinvigorated the Stoics' methods in his book Thus Spake Zarathustra, when he wrote, quote, with a wickedness I do begin every day. I mock at the winter with a cold bath. For almost eight years, the media neglected all of that history and placed Hoff on an almost impossible pedestal as the creator of cold exposure. Most of the features done on him built up the myth that Wim was a breathwork founder and expert without reporting on his ballooning ego and the deadly effects and consequences of his actions. His followers started to look at him as an infallible guru, not a flawed person who merely opened the door to a beneficial practice. I am far from the only person who has noticed this change in whim over the last decade. A few weeks ago, I spoke with a neuroscientist, Otto Music, at Wayne State University, who fits in with this pattern. In 2018, Music published an often cited paper about Hoff's ability to willfully control his autonomic nervous system. Wim Hof, anybody can do that. My problem with, with Wim Hof that they say, oh, it's magic and it's, it's kind of you know, unique. You don't need Wim Hof. You don't need to go to the Snishka. It kind of lost its purpose. It just becomes a business. And I, I don't want to be associated with that. Music went on to say that his paper doesn't only apply to the Wim Hof method, but also just about every other environmental training technique out there. To quote him again, Many techniques do the same thing, but Inner Fire wants to present it like their method is somehow special. The results apply to anything that causes hormetic stress." Unquote. In other words, the Wim Hof Method's benefits aren't nearly as unique as Wim claims they are. When all of this started for me at his dilapidated farmhouse in the backwaters of Poland, I came with the intention of debunking a cult leader before he turned into a danger to himself and others. Now I'm starting to wonder if maybe I got to my assignment just a little bit too early. I was dazzled by the mind-boggling effects of the method, but hadn't foreseen how the future would unfold. Now that Wim is properly famous, the alarm bells are going off. Maybe it was just destiny that things would eventually go off the rails. So here I am, at the beginning once again. As strange as it might sound, my purpose for being here today is that more than anything else, I want to save the reputation and future of the breathwork and ice training from what I think could be the impending collapse of the organization that has promoted it for the last decade. You could say that I'm trying to save Wim's teachings from Wim, the icon, and return to the spirit of those early days when everything was magical. 
the man is more important than the method. I'm, I'm getting hints of like guru worship in what you're saying. A hundred percent. This is a hundred percent is what's going on. And it's funny because you get like, you get them, you get people talking about, oh, I'm not like, I'm not the guru or I'm not, you know, the gurus in you. And it's like, yeah, you're literally setting this up for you to be the guru. That was Brian McKenzie. And like me, he has been part of the Wim Hof story for close to a decade. He even got close to forming a partnership with Wim in a plan to release an ice work and breath work business across America. We acknowledge that there were some things a little bit off about Wim and the organization around him, but at that time, we thought that the message would ultimately prevail, despite some initial concerns. And I'll be honest, I was guilty of this too. When I put out What Doesn't Kill Us, my editor and I had a frank conversation about what we should do with the stories about Wim Hof that didn't reflect him in the best possible light. After all, when I first met Wim, I noticed that he had a large, bulbous nose that resembled the noses of alcoholics I'd grown up around. I'd seen him blackout drunk on several occasions, and he smoked like a chimney despite presenting himself as a paragon of human health. But it wasn't only those superficial aspects of his daily habits that concerned me. Hoff also embodied the worst possible model for parenthood that any of us could imagine. After his first wife, Olaya Hoff, committed suicide, Wim abandoned his four children at a squat house in Amsterdam and took up with a woman who, I'll just identify her by her first name, which is Caroline, in another city. He left them in poverty, alone, without any support at all. This is Marcel Hoff, his brother. Wim wasn't there, and he, he uh, made the choice for, uh, for Caroline. It, it, it was not a nice relationship. Finally, it came to an end. It did, did pretty long, like eight or ten years. And I think during that period, he didn't saw his uh, own family much. There was a lot of wine involved and a lot of uh, uh, alcohol. It, it was this, that way of suppressing his feelings. Clearly, those weren't the kind of stories that fit with the Superman image that the media was pushing. Add to this that Wim often made claims that were far beyond what science can muster, like suggesting that his method can cure cancer, COVID, and even AIDS. Having chemo, having cancer, you are able to make the absolute difference. He has adopted a decidedly conspiracy theory forward stance on vaccines, Fauci, and how a shadowy new world order controls the world's medical system and governments. On several occasions, he said to me that if he wanted to, he could stop breathing with his mouth and lungs altogether and instead breathe exclusively out of his anus. At the time, my editor and I decided that since the book was about the health benefits of cold water and breath work, that including more details about his actual history might undermine the message that we were trying to get across. And this was the same choice that just about every media outlet that covered him also made. We focused on the inspiring message of self-mastery and minimized the madness. In light of recent events, I need to tell you everything that I know so that there's a complete record. The only way that we can really evaluate the best parts of Wim Hof is to also understand and look at the less than savory side with clear eyes. If we take it all in, 
the good and the bad and the deadly, I think that we'll all see that on the balance, Wim is an exceptionally fascinating and inspiring person whose method needs to be taken seriously, but will also have the context to understand what his own limits really are and how much faith any of us should put into that man himself and the organization that enables him. Now, before I get into these details, I want to pause for just a second and ask you to do me a favor. For reasons that you'll understand soon, certain individuals associated with the Wim Hof Method are afraid of the truth coming out and never want my work to see the light of day. I've received threats and harassment pretty much continually for the last several months. And there's a chance that this video and even my entire YouTube channel will be removed from the internet quickly based on their complaints. Since I want to be able to tell you the story in full and keep in touch, I would really like you to sign up for my newsletter in the description down below. Besides regular Hoff updates, I also send out updates on consciousness, meditation, cults, and history. So please hit that link and let me show up in your inbox from time to time. And since I don't know exactly how things will pan out, I've also started a new podcast called Scott Kearney Investigates that you can find on all of the normal channels. And I'm also mirroring all of my content on Rumble so that if this video does disappear, you can still share it with people who need to watch it the most. Okay, with that out of the way, let me tell you a story that I think perfectly encapsulates Wim's madness. Was, yeah, he had this also this accident, you know, where he almost, uh, his stomach was totally open. He almost died. Perhaps you've noticed the scar on Wim Hof's abdomen. It's not a small one. You can see that his belly button protrudes outwards and there's a triangle that seems to be gouged out in the whole area. Well, the way he got that scar tells you a lot about the man. It started Back in 2008, Wim Hof had not seen his youngest son in almost 10 years, but he was starting to get some recognition for his feats in the ice and was making a little money doing so. He wanted to make amends for his 10 years of absence, so he set a time to meet his son at Beatrix Park in Amsterdam. Wim arrived a little early and perhaps because he was nervous, he decided to calm himself by going for a swim in the park's pond while he was waiting. He paddled out to a fountain in the center and, well, I'm just gonna let Wim describe this part. It's just a fountain and I put it up my ass and uh, cleans, uh, cleanses all my uh, shit in my uh, intestines and uh, you shit it out like that and all goes and you feel good. I had done it already like 100 times. So he positioned himself over the spout and the pressurized water cut through his intestines like a knife. I sat on it with my pants, but it got through my pants and uh, through uh, the, the asshole up into the intestines and it just uh, cut it. And I got my stomach or my intestines full of uh, uh, dirty water. Knowing he was seriously injured, Wim managed to make it to the shore just as his son arrived a few minutes later. Wim's first words to his son was that he needed to go to the hospital and fast. 
Now, after Wim first told me this story in 2013, I asked him if he wanted to hurt himself intentionally in order to show his son the depth of his grief. Uh, you get a feeling you, you want to kill yourself, you want to end the story. Mm -hmm. But not, uh, not deliberately, but un unconsciously, sort of. Yeah. Stop this, stop this shit. Even if I have to die almost, I want to stop this. Mm. Uh, something like that was going on. This was a hard time in his life. His marriage to Caroline in a nearby city had broken up, and he was $30,000 in debt to the government. He had abandoned his children and hadn't seen any of them in 10 years. But think about all of this in the context of the movement that's grown up around him. He is a man who was clearly reckless with his own life and whose own subconscious desire to die actually led him to almost actually dying. Would you put your life in the hands of a man who makes decisions like this? Would you follow a general into battle at a death wish? All right, well, let me give you another example. One of the things that Wim is best known for is a now broken world record for swimming the longest distance under sea ice. But all was not as it seemed. In his first attempt to make the crossing, he abandoned the safety protocols that he had established and tried to sprint twice the distance as he had planned originally and he had warned the crew about. In the book, Becoming the Iceman, he wrote that his corneas froze in the water and he went blind. Marcel Hoff, his brother, was with Wim for the record attempt, and he remembers Wim hyperventilating before his underwater swim. Deeply in and letting go, deeply in all the things he did for years and he's still doing, not different. But I think maybe he took it a little too far and then there's the point, yeah, the oxygen is gone. The energy is gone, then you let go. And I think he reached that point. Wim passed out and only survived because of the quick action of a rescue diver. Wim went on to break the record the next day. The footage of him being under the water ended up in a TV program for the Discovery Channel. And it was one of the ways that he first started getting recognition for his abilities. Shouldn't we remember how he almost drowned on that initial attempt before we offer up accolades about his superhuman abilities? These are just two examples of Hoff's general lack of good judgment. We only tell half the story. There are at least a handful more that I can think of, yet these stories get sidelined in favor of the myth that we want to believe. Well, not many people are going to follow his example and clean out their bowels with fountain spigots. The story about swimming under sea ice is central to the image that his 8 million social media followers see. The way he presents that message could well be what is leading people to die. Now that's a big statement, so I need to give an example. In 2018, I shared a stage with Wim Hof in Los Angeles in front of a crowd of about 300 people. I was pretty excited to cross-promote my book with Wim, but more importantly, it was a great way to see how Wim Hof actually teaches his method to a crowd in America. The session included the usual bits of Wim revving up the crowd with a litany of records that he achieved, as well as the promise that it would only take them an afternoon to learn the tricks that gave him such amazing powers. The whole crowd breathed in deeply in unison for 50 deep breaths under his direction. This was enough to get people's fingers and toes tingling. Some would have felt lightheaded. 
Then, as he was giving these instructions, the movie screen behind us flipped over to that famous footage of Wim swimming under the ice. And then he told everyone to hold their breath for the entire duration of his swim. He took about 10 strokes underwater, covering what he estimates was 70 meters. The whole crowd strained under their urge to gasp. It worked on a theatrical level. The people found that it was relatively easy to hold their breath for the minute or so that it took Wim to paddle across the screen. But I was in shock because no one should ever practice the Wim Hof hyperventilation breathing method in water, period. Warning labels in my book, as well as all over Wim Hof's own site, repeatedly caution people that hyperventilation is not a freediving technique. And yet here Wim was, in front of a crowd, implicitly saying that hyperventilation will help them push past their perceived limits and swim underwater just like him. Now, if you're new to the world of breathwork, you're probably wondering why I'm making such a big deal about this. It would seem that a technique that allows you to hold your breath for a long time would also be useful swimming. Indeed, in my book, What Doesn't Kill Us, I wrote how the big wave surfer Laird Hamilton briefly incorporated a similar hyperventilation technique and breath hold in his XPT training program. But Laird and pretty much every other breath worker changed course when a pair of Navy SEALs died of something called shallow water blackout in a pool in the Midwest in 2015. Anybody taking Wim's work and going into a pool and hyperventilating, you're just playing roulette. You're almost guaranteed at some point to go out when you do that. Newspapers began running stories about extremely fit swimmers suddenly drowning. Now the danger comes from the strange and unintuitive mechanisms of the mammalian respiratory system. When you hold your breath, the urge to gasp doesn't come up because you've used up all the available oxygen, but because of the buildup of the gas that you exhale, which is carbon dioxide, in the lungs and bloodstream. The gasp sensation rises in lockstep with CO2 levels until you feel well, like you're gonna pop. Wim Hof style hyperventilation blows off all that CO2 and confuses the body's alarm system to temporarily shut off. This is why people can hold their breath for two or three minutes doing the method. Unfortunately, just like when you remove the battery from a smoke detector when the toast starts to burn, the margin that you bought yourself comes at a price. The gases get so mixed up that you can use up your O2 and pass out before you feel that sensation that you're in trouble. And it gets even more dangerous when you want to maximize your breath hold with a full lung inhalation of air at the end of that hyperventilation. What happens then is that you have so little CO2 in your body and so much volume of air that it's almost impossible for you to detect any sensations at all that you might pass out. It is a deadly combination. Now, if you're lying down on dry land, it usually isn't a problem. You faint and your body hits the reset button and you just start breathing normally. But if you're in water, that reset means you're gonna drown. So hyperventilating is more likely to make you pass out in the water 
because you just shorten the reflex to breathe longer, which creates an illusion that you can hold your breath longer. You blow off all the oxygen in the red blood cells and it depletes it and your brain and nervous system protect you by shutting you down very quickly. Wim knows that this is dangerous. He is well aware that people have drowned doing his method in water. This knowledge alone should have been enough for Wim and the organization around him to set up a firewall where he never endorsed these sorts of techniques publicly in any way, ever. There should never be confusion about it. As far as I can tell, there's not even any benefit to learning how to do this sort of method in water at all. After the conference in Los Angeles, I reminded Wim about the dangers of shallow water blackout and, well, he shrugged it off, saying that there were warnings on his website about not mixing his breathwork in water. Indeed, a full two years before we went on stage together, a Dutch newspaper connected four deaths of Wim Hof practitioners to hyperventilation and even got the CEO of Interfire, Wim Hof's son, Anum, to comment. Here's the quote that ran in the newspaper. It's pretty lame. But then you shouldn't do the exercises underwater. Everywhere on our site and with all our expressions, we warn people we can do no more. Well, I don't know if lame was quite the word that I would have chosen, but at least it was an acknowledgement that Inner Fire is aware of the problem. And this is what had me reeling. Why weren't they doing more to address the problem than just slapping a disclaimer on their website? And why was Wim still making a connection between his breathwork and the water on stage? I asked Brian McKenzie about this. The last time anybody wanted to take responsibility for having a catastrophic problem with something they created is I, I don't recall many instances of that. I mean, maybe Brian was right. Just maybe Wim didn't want to change course on something that he has been doing all along. Could it be that he's simply too proud to admit that he's got something wrong? In fact, after I started poking around, I learned from one of the 1500 Wim Hof Method instructors that one of the courses that Inner Fire sells on its website includes a week of hyperventilation in a cold shower while standing up with the same full lung exhale that can make someone pass out. I know several people who have tried this exact maneuver and ended up bruised on the floor. And then on week eight of the course, Wim leads a lone student into the water, hyperventilating and dunking his head. In the text next to the video, there is a bizarre disclaimer that reads, the guy in the video is guided by Wim to learn to deal with the cold. He is not doing the breath retention and then putting his head underwater. Okay, so that's the disclaimer, but these are the instructions that Wim is giving in the video. Do the breathing. Go into the water. Keep on with the breathing. Keep on being focused. And you sit. You immerse. You focus. And you stay in the water. 20 seconds, 25, 30, 35, doesn't matter. This is the exercise. 
And then he gives the instructions again. Withholding breath is control, and then in ice cold water. At the end of the video, after he's given these instructions several times, someone off screen's voice appears and reminds Wim to uh, mention the potential dangers, to which Wim says that water is dangerous, but that people should trust their own senses. And don't overdo it, because, you know, the battle with the, in nature, you always will lose, finally, because there is no competition. Keep to your feel, to your sense, and to your logic, and see how much you can do, and uh, witness. And then, surprisingly, you will see you can do a whole lot. My guess is that the disclaimer was a lazy, after-the-fact addition to avert liability once they realized it might give people the idea that it was okay to hyperventilate in water. Because the video clearly shows the opposite. That's Wim hyperventilating in water. In general, I'd say that Inner Fire does a pretty bad job warning people about the potential side effects and dangers associated with the method. They've been reticent to mention the abnormally high numbers of people who report getting long-term tinnitus after a few rounds of breathing. I did a video about that a few months back that was temporarily removed from the internet by Inner Fire, even though I eventually reposted a modified version of that is still somehow miraculously alive. The truly insane thing about this, well, one of the truly insane things, is that hyperventilation doesn't do much of anything to warm you up. In fact, for most people, it actually lowers their core temperature. That's the wrong way to do the Wim Hof method in the snow. It's only gonna make me colder. This is why when he first taught me the breathwork in Poland in 2013, we practiced it in our sleeping bags to stay warm. Despite this, Wim teaches workshops where he tells people that the breathwork will heat them up. Um, there's nobody in that organization currently that understands the physiology. I don't think they have a grasp on it. Wim is just wrong. Studies on the Wim Hof method adjacent yoga technique concluded that Surya Beda Pranayama increases energy expenditure as reported earlier to perform various vital functions optimally without increasing the body temperature. From what I've been able to understand from the science of it, Wim's breathwork triggers the sympathetic pathways in a way that will make you colder in the short run. It's only after you learn to relax in the stimulation of cold stress that you build up endurance in the ice and start to warm up. After what I'd witnessed on the book tour, I felt that it was only a matter of time before something bad happened on an official Wim Hof method expedition. So even as I continued to practice his methods daily, I kept my eye out for any breaking news involving Wim and his method. While no one has drowned at an official Wim Hof event, the global body count has continued to tick upwards over the years. No one keeps official records on this sort of thing, but I wanted to find out exactly how many deaths there had been. 
So earlier this year, I started looking for news reports that specifically mentioned a connection between drowning and the Wim Hof method, and I found 12 of them, as well as several accounts of people doing his breathing and blacking out in water only to just barely survive. Britt Jackson at the organization Shallow Water Blackout Prevention that tries to raise awareness of the dangers of this little known condition says that an increasing number of people that she learns about have a connection to practicing the Wim Hof method. I showed her a video of what Wim calls a baptism at one of his many icy ceremonies. And this is what she said. On one end, they're saying we don't encourage this, but on another end, we're seeing fatalities due to what they say they're not encouraging. Are people doing this on their own? This video would suggest differently that they are actually teaching hyperventilation before submersion, which is the recipe for a shallow water blackout. In January 2022, Christopher Kjulhoven was just one person who was confused about whether or not to do the Wim Hof method in water. Chris, he did this often in which he would go to the gym and he would sit in the hot tub um, and he would practice breath point. He would do Wim Hof prior to going under the hot tub water. He would time himself and so there was a clock on the wall and he'd go under and he'd count in seconds and so he was always trying to increase his breath holding and hold it longer just for the fun of it and the skill of it. So. That's his girlfriend, Kara Spencer. Christopher dreamed of becoming a Navy SEAL, but washed out during the intense screening session called BUDS. Still, he always wanted to find new ways to push his limits. He had probably done it over 20 times, you know, with nothing happening. But um, when, when he did pass out under the water and no one noticed. Kuenhoven spent 20 minutes under the water before someone raised the alarm. According to the list that I collected, at least three people died under similar circumstances in 2022 alone. I mean, I, I think it's uh, putting people at risk for sure, because you can never ensure that the same person who watches the YouTube video is also going to catch some information on another site talking about how you shouldn't do something. And even so, if you're doing one thing and then saying another, it creates a message that's really confusing. And ultimately, I think the person is going to go with, I probably do whatever Wim Hof, the master of this method, method, is doing himself. Because it seems like if he's doing it, then the implication is it's safe enough. Another case, this one out of Southern California, Andrew Encinas drowned on Labor Day in 2019. My brother Andrew was a very avid Wim Hof follower, uh, watched all his YouTube videos. It was always something that, you know, uh, he's done in water, he's done in showers. And on Labor Day weekend in 2019, there was my brother in the shallow end and he was in like a, um, a meditative position underwater, passed out. So I came out, I jumped the pool fence, lifted him out of the pool, started, you know, delivering CPR, he got his heart beating. When he got to the hospital, they said, hey, his heart's beating, but you know, there was just no brain activities. He was sure enough a goner. They rushed Andrew to the hospital, but it was already too late. I asked Yama Akabari, the cardiologist at UCA hospital, who ultimately declared Andrew brain dead to describe exactly what happened. While he was hyperventilating, he had less blood flow to his brain 
he basically got dizzy. It's like putting somebody in a in a chokehold. He fell down, and unfortunately, if he would have been in in not in water, he probably would have started breathing again. In this case, he had he had um, fluid in his lungs, so he probably while he was semi passed out, he probably tried to take a few breaths underwater. And I mean, you don't need much, you know, even if it's as, as shallow as this. If you go face down, you're breathing water. In another case out of New Zealand, a young man named Hamish Jameson did several rounds of Wim Hof breathing in a community pool and passed out. In June 2020, I was practicing the Wim Hof method. Uh, ended up having a hypoxic blackout underwater, unnoticed for eight minutes. Uh, I had CPR and five defibs to get my heart going again, and I ended up on ECMO life support for four weeks. Yeah, I, I didn't know the risks. Feel very grateful for being here. But the only way that I found out that he was doing the Wim Hof method in the water was because he survived and that a newspaper then covered his story as part of a local inquest. Even famous people have gotten into trouble with the Wim Hof method in water. Two years ago, Josh Watskin, uh, the kid from the movie Searching for Bobby Fischer, who is an avid Wim Hof Method practitioner, told the author and podcaster Tim Ferriss that he enthusiastically tried to prolong his breath holds underwater by doing what he says was Wim Hof-inspired breath holds in a New York City pool. He passed out for four minutes, only to be rescued by a fellow swimmer. Given the proliferation of cases and the fact that Wim continues to teach the dangerous combination of breathwork and waterwork, it's no surprise that some people have opted to pursue legal solutions. No more young Americans should die doing the Wim Hof breathing methods, which we've seen have a proven track record of leaving deaths and drownings in their wake. The amount we're seeking is going to be very significant. There was a legal complaint filed in Los Angeles County Court on December 21st, 2022, about the death of high school senior Madeline Rose Metzger. According to the complaint, Madeline had practiced the Wim Hof method for about a year, finding it helpful to regulate stress and anxiety. That morning, it was a hot August day, she had an argument with her mother on the phone. She then put on a bathing suit and went out to the pool and practiced Wim Hof breathing, at which point she passed out and drowned in the shallow end. The complaint goes on to say that she was a strong swimmer. Her father, Raphael Metzger, who is a personal injury lawyer, filed suit against his ex-wife, Tammy, for introducing Madeline to the Wim Hof method, as well as Wim Hof himself and Inner Fire BV. This is a $67 million case. The lawsuit claims that the Wim Hof method has no proven health benefits and that Inner Fire knowingly teaches a dangerous breathwork practice in the water without adequate warnings. The first and primary goal of the litigation is to obtain an injunction that will enjoin Wim Hof from marketing his deadly breathing technique in the United States. When I approached Hof for a comment on the lawsuits just before the publication of this piece, he responded with this message, which, well, I think I'm just going to let speak for itself. Do real research, COVID and origin of the Wuhan, gain of function research, vaccine lies and deaths, medicine, side effects, deaths and permanent disability, 
Epstein list, Ukraine proxy war, environmental damage accidents, cover-up politics, etc., etc. I help millions of people you do not seem to be interested in. I work with seven universities now, do real investigative research instead of these tendentious questions. Cannot cooperate with magazine per se. Wanted to open dialogue, but there seems to be none of real value here. That, to me, seems like just a list of conspiracy theories and a deflection against what are important allegations and things that Wim should respond to. As of June 15th, 2023, neither Wim Hof nor Inner Fire have filed an official legal response to the complaint in the LA courts. All of the people on the list were Wim Hof method practitioners who died in water, most likely, I believe, because of shallow water blackout. There are some caveats, of course. No one can say with 100% certainty the exact events that led to each death. And coroners don't even have specific codes to identify shallow water blackout. However, these numbers are indicative of a trend, I believe. It's likely a radical undercount of the real problem, since most people who drown never end up generating news stories. Even though the data set is small, four of those people died in 2022. The first death that I have a news report for is in 2015, which to me indicates that the pace is picking up. Indeed, even as I began reporting this story, I added two more bodies to the total. There are a few reasons for this. The first is the most obvious. In the last few years, Wim Hof's popularity has absolutely exploded. There was a TV series in the United Kingdom, and he's appeared on Goop with Gwyneth Paltrow and makes regular appearances with Russell Brand. There are hundreds of YouTube videos explaining how to do his breathing technique, and there's a movie in the works about Wim, a biopic. Meanwhile, Wim Hof continues to conflate breathwork and waterwork. At this year's winter travel event in Poland, a hundred people paid about $3,000 each to spend a week with Wim, pushing their own boundaries. On the last day, they jumped off a 30-foot waterfall. One by one, all 100 of us jumped the fall. So to answer the question, if all of your friends jumped off a cliff, would you do it too? <laughs> That's Ricardo Bengoa, who was at the event. And right after that, Wim got the idea, after they'd all splashed into the water, that everyone would come together with him and take a rite of passage that he calls a baptism. And then he just said, okay, we're going to breathe 10 times. And um, we're going to hold our breath for 20 seconds, uh, you know, underwater. Ricardo Bengoa enthusiastically joined the circle, and one of the members there later posted a video of the whole ceremony on the internet. It shows Wim leading the whole group in a series of 12 deep breaths, and then a full inhale before submerging their heads together in the water. Now, while I doubt that anyone in that particular video would be in danger of drowning in this instance, the problem is that Wim is spreading a message that it is okay to connect these two practices at all. 
they're starting to see him like a guru sort of thing where um, anything that he says is going to be right. As I've said before, I greatly admire Wim in many, many ways. Since our first meeting, he and I have been on friendly terms. We send text messages back and forth about the science of breathwork and funny pictures of our pets. But after I started collecting information that connected Wim's breathwork to deaths, Wim started to get defensive. His answers over text message were characteristically odd. He wrote to me that 28,000 people drown every year and that I was blaming him for all of their deaths. And then, well, he wrote this. I'm going to quote him here. Look into baptism, the real meaning of it. You might learn something. I know what I do. Baptism, the real one, is shutting down our over-controlling mind and activate deep healing mechanisms in the body. Not going to explain this physiologically to you. Not into competition sports here, which is entertainment since the Roman Empire who killed an innocent man called Jesus. Now, I have trouble telling you exactly what this message specifically means, except that it has a certain air of whim comparing himself to Jesus. I don't know about you, but this is the sort of message that I would expect from the leader of a cult. Indeed, this message, along with the one that he sent me after I asked him about Metzger's death, pretty much devolve into a litany of conspiracy theories and deflection, and don't appear to take the gravity of the situation seriously. This leads me to another aspect of Inner Fire, which is Wim Hof's organization. And it bears a second look, since it might color the way we collectively understand what's going on. Like other groups that I've written about before, while covering up the insular politics of spiritual pursuits, Inner Fire's first reaction to anything that contradicts the image that they want to present inevitably leads to a knee-jerk instinct to cover up the truth. They pull from the same playbook, even against instructors that they have a falling out with. While Wim doesn't play much of a role in the day-to-day -day operations, his son, Anam Hoff, yes, one of those children that he left homeless for 10 years, is CEO and manages everything with a characteristic, aggressive MO. Uh, they take an awfully big cut of what you are doing and they threaten you on a regular basis with lawsuits. Yeah, well, you know, he'll yell like, he'll yell at people to get his own way. He'll bully people to get his own way. And he'll use the cake if it seems right. But really, he's just going to tell people you're doing it my way or not. By his own words, Anum doesn't practice the method himself. You know, I don't practice his methods, right? He's also clear that his decision to rekindle things with his father after 10 years of absence didn't necessarily stem from an enduring and deep bond. 19 years ago, I saw an opportunity with my dad. I, I haven't, I didn't spoke to him like for 10 years or something. I made my little website, blah, blah. He broke up with his wife uh, uh, in those times. And I saw an opportunity, I grabbed it, you know, because uh, I, he was famous as the Iceman. We Mouth Method did not exist. It was like, but he did have a lot of attention towards him. Now, let me tell you a story about Anum. Back in 2018, I'd begun reporting on a story that I'd heard about that 38 
Wim Hof Method instructors in training got stuck on the top of a mountain in Poland during an ice storm. They weren't wearing shirts and the situation was dire, but maybe not deadly. Still, three instructors ended up with body temperatures of just 90 degrees Fahrenheit, flirting dangerously close to death. They had to be taken down the mountain by Polish search and rescue. The weather could have been a little bit worse, and it could have been way worse for, for everybody. So if, if people could have died. That's Stephen Posner, who was on the mountain that day. Fortunately, everyone was ultimately okay. Yet Anum's reaction wasn't to admit that there had been a problem, but instead to cover up the event, lest it make the organization look bad. From Anum, orders, do not talk to the press. Anum designed a cover story. He said they'd pin it on this other group of shirtless hikers in Poland that was scheduled to be here the next weekend. And he told everyone to convince the media that it was that group, not a Wim Hof Method group, that had run into the trouble. What we were told is to say is it was Mountain Rescue was called for that group. When I got wind that something was strange that happened to a large group of instructors, I messaged Anum on WhatsApp and he sent me 13 screenshots of information claiming that my journalism was irresponsible and that it was this other group that had gotten into trouble all along. He fingered a man named Matei, and I'll include a link to all of the screenshots of that below so you can see his exact words. I also did a video on this that I'll also link to. Anum told that same exact story to everyone who asked. My name is Maciej Szyszka. I'm a breathing trainer and uh, physiotherapist. Uh, next day, television come to my house and stuff like this. So, so it was really bad. It is hard to even imagine. Matej had no idea what was happening when Polish television crews arrived at his doorstep. After all, his group hadn't even started climbing the mountain yet. But within minutes of the TV story airing, his phone started ringing off the hook. As 250 people had signed up for his expedition, they all wanted to know if he was going to put them in danger. The money that he was raising for a sick child that was in jeopardy of just disappearing. They put it on me. Anum lied, and he told other people to lie on his behalf. Not only that, but Anum just didn't stop at denying that something happened, but actively sought out a rival business and said it was them all along. This is the face of an organization that is so caught up with the myth of an indomitable Iceman that the truth no longer matters. It's a sign that they will do whatever they can to control the message and go to great lengths to hide any of their own missteps. I reached out to Anum over email to comment on what I found during my reporting. He sent two emails in response. The first was to deny that Hoff ever teaches hyperventilation in water, that he was unaware of the pending lawsuit, that Wim and his sisters share equally in the company profits, and that there was no cover-up on Snezka. When I presented him with additional evidence to my claims, he responded with this. You have follow-up questions with lies supporting them. They make no sense. This is not journalism, but just dumb, silly actions of yours. You should be ashamed of yourself. 
I didn't lie to get success. I am honest. I give you honest answers and have nothing to hide. You, at the other hand, just come with lies to try to get a reaction of me. This will be the last time I spend some energy on you personally. I just checked your videos, and the only way to get views is to use our name. That's because of our work and dedication you profited from a lot. Don't you feel embarrassed that you cannot get views of your own in your own ways? Do something constructive, man. You're just sinking lower and lower. Just a little free advice for you. Now, Wim, Anum, and you have seen my evidence. You can decide for yourself what you think the truth really is. To some degree, Wim knows that his son is a liability to the reputation of the organization and a potential stumbling block for spreading the message around the world. While Anum might have been the right person to start the method initially, his actions make inner fire look corrupt. What needs to happen is Anum needs to step down from his pedal stone uh, being so uh, pedantic. Mm-hmm. about what he uh, 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 what he is doing and uh, that he thinks that he is the man and in power and the thing is indeed we want change and change needs to happen i feel awkward within the own organization uh, the way it has been handled like i don't care hey guys you do this and i do this right and for the rest i have never been on my own website I don't, you know, I let it go. Feel endorsed for going for the good. Yes. Love. On the other hand, it strikes me that Anum is also in a difficult position. The disclaimers on the website and his occasional interruptions of Wim's speaking engagements to remind people of the potential dangers of following all of Wim's instructions to the letter might be the best that he can do to control the craziness of his father. Looked at from this perspective, Anum really has an impossible task. He's been on the ground level of building a profitable business around his father's charisma and madness. And now Wim's words carry so much weight that Anum cannot control the outcome anymore. I think these are all signs about an untenable tension at the heart of the booming Iceman movement. Or as Wim Hof's brother Marcel observed. And if we become too dependent on a person who is leading, and that is the old paradigm, it doesn't work anymore. When I stood shirtless next to Wim at the base of Mount Snezka 10 years ago, I knew that there was a chance that this could be the beginning of a quasi-religious movement that was destined to go off the rails. I'd seen it before. In my book, The Enlightenment Trap, I wrote that gurus go through different stages of development. At first, they brim with enthusiasm and have a message that spreads in the world because it is legitimately beneficial to their flock. But over time, money and worldly considerations eventually stem the group's growth and a minor scandal can upend the entire facade. There comes a predictable pattern of deaths cover-ups and lies until ultimately the organization falls to pieces. The reason that my initial reporting didn't bang that drum was because at the same time I knew there was potential danger, 
there was also an amazing opportunity to spread a method that would let just about anyone find happiness, health, and strength. I chose to take the most optimistic outlook because I did, and still do, believe that these methods offer very important benefits to the world. I continue to be a daily practitioner of breathwork and ice immersion, even though that I'm bringing out a story that no doubt will anger some people in this community. This is because, as a journalist, I have a belief that the best way to make a path to a productive future is taking a long, hard look at the facts. We have to follow the truth no matter where it leads us. I don't know what the fate will be for whatever Wim Hof does in the future. I have hope, though, that things can turn back. But it would take a fundamental change in the organization's practices and in our collective desire to foster a myth around a madman. This is something that we can do. We can appreciate how Wim opened the door to a great set of practices without turning him into a guru. Whether he wants this role or not, Wim Hof leads by example. The cult of personality around him puts him on a pedestal that underplays the questionable parts of his past while overemphasizing the greatness of his achievements. It is possible to hold these two opposing ideas in our heads at the same time. But we need to accept Wim as a prophet in the same breath that we know he's a madman. In my mind, it's the only way to save his message. Otherwise, it's likely that the suspicious deaths of 11 people in shallow water is only the beginning of another darker story. Thank you so much for watching this video. You've been here with me like for more than an hour and you are a hero for sitting through my whole exposition about the Wim Hof method. However, I want you to be sure and I want you to understand that Wim Hof is still a huge part of my life and I love the method. It has changed my perspective on everything. So. If you're still into watching a little bit more, go check out this video about what 10 years of the Wim Hof Method has done to make me feel, well, pretty awesome in just about everything that I do. And again, thank you for being here.